Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left-hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, here we are, buddy. Another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast, starting out 2023 with a bang here at the Marquee Creative Studio here in Kansas City, built for podcast, video production, uh, really cool setup, marqueecreativekc.com for all of you podcasters out there that want to uh, get your start in this business. But we're here for the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. I am Greg Gurley, along with Kansas legend and South Sider retired Jersey Wayne Simeon. Hey, buddy. Excited to be in here, man. Look, we got new digs in a, in, in a new studio, new school year, new competition season, getting ready to get started. Fall sports, KU, soccer, uh, volleyball, football, getting ready to kick off, man. It's, it's an exciting time. Well, it's been uh, six, eight weeks since we've done one of these. Last night, you and I were at the Jayhawk Appreciation Dinner. All of our head coaches were there. They addressed our, our biggest supporters. I had a nice dinner. Travis and Doug Gerard were, were there. I mean, it was a it was a great event. All of our coaches kind of said the same thing. Like, they a lot of them been around forever. Ray Bouchard's been here for what twenty five years. Bill Self twenty one years. Stanley wasn't able to be there. He's, yeah, he's Mark a, Francis twenty Mark, years. Plus. Mark Francis twenty plus years. Uh, Jamie Burwell now in his thirteenth year. But on and on and on. And what did they all say last night? That they just talked about. That the guys that have been guys and gals that have been around a long time said the same thing. It's different right now, and and you know why it's different? Because there's a buzz behind football. There's a buzz with Travis Goff and our athletic department's direction with the Gateway Project, which we'll get into later. But I, I really walked away from last night thinking I, I agree with them. You and I are around the building every day, and it, it is a, a special time to be a Jayhawk. Yeah, good feels. And, you know, of course, we've had, you know, specific programs that have experienced a lot of success uh, perennially. Others, um, you know, on the upward upward trajectory that uh, one of the head coaches was uh, communicating, hey, we had to sell a lot of hope around. Yeah. Well, when you look across the board for all of our sports programs, like selling hope is something that's no longer in the market. Like we're, we're selling real, tangible success progress, future, and so um, it's really exciting to do that, not only with what we have going on on the field and student-athletes and their competition and their skill level, but also in things that we're doing in terms of capital projects with the Allen Fieldhouse renovation and the and the football stadium renovation and, and the Gateway Project, and so that's, that's going to be great. And we're going to have another podcast with, with just Travis Goff to talk about the Gateway Project that we just announced, but uh, you mentioned the the – 48-ish million dollar Allen Fieldhouse renovation. And, you know, it's funny when the building itself back in the mid-50s cost $2 million to build, now we're doing a renovation uh, upwards of close to $50 million. And it's uh, it's cool right now. We, we're in there every day, and there's all kinds of jackhammering and stuff going on. The court is closed because they're doing work up in the catwalks and all that with new speakers and new lights, which I know – Brad Noctegall and Mike Lickard, they're excited that it's going to be lights that you can just, like, 
flip on and off, not have to heat up forever, and they can change colors and, and I think do all that cool stuff. But LED lights, uh, the speakers are going to be brand new, which they spend a lot of money on those, which will make your experience at Allen Fieldhouse even louder. It's already the loudest venue in the country. Now it's going to be even louder with some of that manufactured noise that comes from the speakers. Yeah, well, the noise from the construction isn't uh, isn't manufactured. It's real. Uh, we're going to be living in it for a while. Campus is going to be real messy, uh, but it's progress, um, yeah. and it's important progress. And, you know, just when you think uh, our athletic environments couldn't get any better, we've got some incredible people that are finding ways uh, to enhance it, and then we've got some incredible uh, donors and supporters uh, that are being really generous and helping to, to fuel those projects along. Yeah, and that's what was the common theme last night. Every one of those coaches said, hey, there's so much excitement. A lot of that's Travis Goff. A lot of that's Doug Gerard. But it's a lot of the most – the biggest part of it is what? The donors. The donors that have stepped up to do these Allen Fieldhouse renovations, to do the Gateway Project. And that's, that's what – it's not missing because you and I understand that because we live in that world. But it was nice – I think for them to hear that, like, hey, we're not here without you. Granted, they're not here without Bill Self and Lance Leipold and Travis Goff, but uh, a, a very important piece of the puzzle seems to be money. Would you agree? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we see we see that all around, whether it's uh, capital projects, ticket sales. Uh, I think there's been some, some, some conference movement, if I'm not mistaken, uh, since the last time we were on together, that, like, what, that, what that, you that, mean? that might be something good to, we're to gonna talk have, about. <laughs> our travel schedule is going to be interesting. It's the way of the world uh, since we were last here. We knew about Central Florida, Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati, and they're in our conference right now. Uh, we know that there's departures of Texas and Oklahoma after this season. But in the last month or so, we've added what? Colorado, Utah, and both Arizona schools, Arizona State and Arizona. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, been traveling the Big 12 for many, many years. Nothing against our current cities, but kind of looking forward to going to Orlando in February or whatever. And then obviously Phoenix and Tucson in the winter will be nice as well. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. And uh, one of the things that I'm excited about, obviously being uh, a kid that grew up around – the traditional Big A era, and then early Big 12. Like, I'm elated that Colorado is back yeah. in the conference. That was always a fun place to play. For, best, for, ho best hotel on the road is in Boulder, Colorado, the St. Julian. Okay. I like the Cornhusker in Lincoln. No. Um, yes. Yes, the yes, corn yes. Husker. But we, we, can, we can get to that. We can get to that a little Did later. Did you like but... the Gateway in Ames, Iowa, too? Because that no. was basically the Cornhusker. <laughs> Are you being serious? The Cornhusker? I like the Cornhusker. I'm sorry if the Cornhusker <laughs> owners are listening, but are you? I mean, yeah, well, they're out of the Big Twelve now, so we can we can we can throw shade. St. Uh, Julian puts the Cornhusker. Maybe to it's because it was always a mid-afternoon tip when we played them, and I liked the like brunch breakfasty pregame meals, and I thought it was really good. At the it is time. interesting that we equate cities that we like with what <laughs> the hotel, yeah. the food at the hotel. For me. A close by bar or lobby bar or a restaurant within walking distance because we're kind of stuck. But uh, that's why Morgantown to me isn't that bad because really good lobby bar. They have a, a lot of brown water that I like. And then uh, 
Oliverios down the street. That's so fair. I'll That's pub fair. up. That's Even fair. though the athletic director at, at Arizona State was not too excited about traveling to Morgantown, I enjoy Morgantown. Thumbs up to Morgantown. But, 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 but back to Colorado. So all of our Western Kansas fans would come out to that game yeah. because it was a shorter distance of a drive. Allen Fieldhouse West. Yeah. Allen, well, we called it Allen Fieldhouse way west because Bramlage was Allen Fieldhouse West at the fair. time. Never lost there. And then I think it was Coors Stadium. Coors Event Center. Yeah, Coors Event Center was Allen Fieldhouse way west. But I remember they had that, that buffalo in the middle of the court and that it looked like it was, for lack of a better term, vomiting <laughs> multicolored <laughs> chips or something. Remember that They must image? have got rid of that. I don't remember that. Well, I'm, I'm significantly older than you, but, yes, it was a – we'll try to find a picture of that and put that up there. It was, it was weird. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one thing to hear the, the rock chalk chant in the Fieldhouse – it's another thing to hear it on the road, yeah. and our fans would just show up great. And then it's a huge alumni yeah. destination, you know. So we're adding Denver um, area to that. We're adding the Phoenix and the Scottsdale area. We've got a ton yeah. of uh, amazing Jayhawks and KU alums there in that area. So we're H- adding two Houston's cities that help. Pretty with good that. size for the alumni association as well. Not as much in Orlando, Cincy, or, or Utah, but the Arizona area. We have a lot of snowbirds that go to Arizona in the winter, which is when we'll obviously play basketball and or the fall for football. So uh, I love uh, the makeup of this new league. I, and, and I think we were both kind of nervous about a year ago because, you know, we added those four. And we're like, okay, we're losing Texas and Oklahoma. These four are good, but the Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado and Utah, I think – Put a show, put put me over the edge. I, I love this new conference. I mean, it's unbelievable how the tables turned about two years ago. Yeah. It was looking like the Big Twelve was going to dissolve, and the Pac twelve was uh, the the only lifeboat out there for a lot of Big Twelve schools. And then it just completely flipped. And so well, we've, been, we've been tipping our hat to a lot of the leadership. You know, Travis Goff and our Chancellor, which have been phenomenal for Kansas. But how about how about our new commissioner, Brett Yormark, and the job? And the assertiveness and the aggressiveness that he's shown. I in think the word you said, the Big Twelve. The word you said there was assertiveness. You know, I love how strong he is, and he just goes in there and he's not afraid to try new things. And that's a that's a big leap from what we were. Nothing against the previous leadership, but it's just different. And I, I give a lot of credit to the powers that be that hired kind of a, a guy that wasn't in that business. I mean, he was. He was in the in the kind of concert rock nation deal, and so this was a it was a bit of a leap, and I think we hit a home run. Uh, I would look at if we had to rank us in the Power Five, I think we're third. I, we're not ahead of the SEC, probably not the Big Ten, but obviously ahead of the Pac-12, and I think the ACC as well. So I think it firmly puts us in that position, and uh, I'm excited about the future of this league. This was the the first time in a while in the whole era of conference realignment that spanned, what, 10 years, 10-plus years? Back to 2011. It felt good being the hunter instead of the hunted, like for once. Um, And it doesn't seem like our commissioner is going to scale back or take his foot off the throttle anytime anytime soon. He's looking for for some more great and creative ways to to increase his brand and to strengthen the the membership and and its experience and exposure. Well, as we uh, uh, venture into the fall, uh, we're going to have a football show, but I want to talk a little basketball. 
since we last talked, we, we knew the team that we had, at least coming in. We hadn't really seen much of them as far as, uh, you know, Hunt and Arterio and Nick and all the new pieces. You and I are, are given the ability to go to practice whenever we want, so we, we'll, we'll pop in there and watch. And I've really seen this team grow since early June. I've seen Hunter as a different player in two months. I've seen Arterio and all these guys. You know, when you when you mold together so many new faces, that's one thing. Another thing is those guys figuring out how to play for Bill Self and his coaching staff. It's different, and it's not in a bad way. It doesn't matter how you were coached. It's just going to be different personalities, different mannerisms, the way he disciplines, the way he teaches, and – They've all kind of had to sit back and, you know, when he says something, they at first they're kind of, okay, but it resonates with them. And and, I, and I've seen that growth in some of our guys in the span of six to eight weeks. I was thinking about this last night at the Jayhawk Appreciation Dinner, how drastic the change was from April to August, right? Like, you know, early April – Hey, we were still concerned about coach and his health situation. Three we had guys. like three guys on the roster. We didn't know who was coming back, who was coming in, yeah. what was going to take place, portal recruiting. Like, and there was just a lot of question marks. And now you transition that to preseason number one team in the country and uh, a nice glimpse of what it could be like after seeing the team perform well and practice in practice in, in Puerto Rico and and mission accomplished for that. You know, those types of experiences are creative, not just so guys can go to a nice destination and so the coaches and the families can, you know, have a little vacation and place it. But it's for the 10 practices yep. to help accelerate camaraderie, to help accelerate the learning curve, uh, and then to to transition into to some live fire competition. And, it, and it's worked thus far from what I've seen. Well, my favorite, one of my favorite parts from from the JF Appreciation Dinner was Brandon Snyder. He got up there. I thought he was the funniest. He says, "Hey, you know our team's going to be really good. We win the WNIT last year, and uh, got a lot of girls returning, and I'm excited. Could be the best Kansas women's basketball team." And they had a foreign tour too. They played in Greece and Italy, and they, they had a great performance as well. Yeah, and, and, and so he says, "You know, I'm excited about this team." But then I look to the table next to me, and Bill Self. They're preseason number one, and Bill's going to stand up here and say what? We're soft. <laughs> we're dumb. We don't know what we're doing. Uh, we need to be more athletic. And But they're preseason number one, so Brandon's like, I don't know what to say. I'm excited about our team, but we're not preseason number one. But I great. thought that that comment was awesome by Brandon, and what a job he did last year. Just from the agony of not being selected, probably the – 65th or what, what we have, 69th team or whatever it is, we were really, really close to being in the NCAA tournament. And instead of just being mad and complaining and saying, hey, we're not going to play any postseason, they play in the postseason, they win a championship. Allen Fieldhouse was energized. It was awesome to go to those games. You got to call basically all of them. Uh, uh, you know, didn't get to do the championship game, but you got to be a, a fan that game. Yeah. It was fun. So, uh, again, great credit to them for for just, you know, again, it's, it's human nature to be pissed, right? And they probably were, and they channeled that into a championship. Well, very much like our men's basketball staff, that women's basketball staff was um, 
heavy at work in the transfer portal. They've yeah. you know added three or four uh, players from the portal as well uh, to their roster, and they're looking forward to having having another great season. So yeah, and just like the men, you lose a couple guys or gals you didn't expect to, but you add, and it's just a it's a puzzle. And you just and it's an ever changing one. They're taking pieces away from you, and then you got to manufacture to get a squad together. But yeah. um, you know, if we go back to Puerto Rico. You, you mentioned it. it. It is great to go on these trips, and you sightsee, and you go to the Bacardi factory, and you go out on a boat. You do all kinds of fun stuff, and it's great for the kids and everyone, and me included. But it's about the team room. It's about this is their first with only. Well, four guys returning after Zach came back. But with four guys returning and just having that, you know, the pregame meals and going through the motions of what a game's going to be like, if you don't have that, your first time will be that exhibition game or whatever. So it's nice uh, chemistry, camaraderie, all that. And then the actual ball was good. When we played in Italy six years ago, I think it was, we didn't play very good teams. Like we won by 50 and it didn't really do anything for us as a basketball team. We didn't get tested. You know, it was like men against boys. This was men against bigger men. This was Buddy Heal, Eric Gordon. Against pros, pros, yeah. Against guys you've never heard of that play, have played professionally in France or Turkey or wherever. And so I remember after one of the first game, we played the Puerto Rican national team, which really wasn't their national team, but it was a lot of Puerto Rican pros. And I'm with Hunter at the pool right after the game, and he's like, man, that that number 32, he wasn't very athletic, but he knew how to move me. Like, he just had, like, like if you and I were to play, we would know how to move guys around because our athleticism has waned. But they, these guys figured it out, and Hunter was like, man, that was, that was good. Basically saying that was good for us because they still knew how to move us, and they were men, and and – They've all seen it. We played. Our guys have played against great athletes, but it was good to have that mix. And then the, the second and third game was against the Bahamian national team, which actually just I think it was yesterday or the day before just beat Argentina. And Argentina is one of the better teams yep. in the world. A lot of pros come out of Argentina, and so the team we just played in Puerto Rico won the tournament they were in to get to the Olympics, I believe. And that was Buddy Heald, Eric Gordon. We didn't see DeAndre Ayton, which. We all really wanted to see to see how Hunter and KJ would play against a pro, like a, a perennial, not an all-star, but pretty close. But uh, didn't end up seeing him, and we played against some big-time competition. Yeah, well, you got out of the trip about all that you could hope yeah. for, right? Yeah. Get the team together, 10 extra practices. Guys come back healthy. Everyone makes it through, which is perfect. Right. You go 2-1, and one, so have an easy win, Move the ball, everyone scores, energy's up. Uh, another solid win, okay, a little bit closer. And then you get your nose bloodied a little yeah. bit because you're going against, you know, some tough guys, which when you're preseason number one and you're a paper champ, everyone's going to be talking about you, it's helpful to be brought down a notch or two to see, hey, I've, I've got some some things, we've got some things that we need to, uh, need to tighten up. This will be the only time ever that Bill Self is okay with a loss. Like – I think he kind of liked it. Like, mm -hmm. not that our guys are cocky, but you said it, paper champs, preseason number one, whatever. I think a loss, like, I don't think it really affected him that much, but it's like, okay, here we are. We think we're great. And th these guys, I mean, Buddy Heal didn't play late. And Gordon didn't. It was like the other guys. And it was one of those things that, that uh, I think was good to, again, not knock us back into reality, but 
that'll be the only time that Bill will be, all right, we lost, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, another thing that I think uh, he's excited about that, that I'm really excited about is in seeing the team this early, I think our team identity could be really established on the defensive end. And in an era where three-point shot scoring in the high 80s, 90s is really appealing to people, uh, I think we all know Coach Self well enough, as long as he's been here, that he would actually prefer to win a gutted-out, grindy game defensively. And when you think about a lineup with Dewan Harris, Kevin McCuller, K.J. Adams, Hunter Dickinson, who – isn't necessarily a, a, a traditional shot blocker rim protector like you would think a Doak or a Jeff Withy. His size is big enough where he's a disruptor. Right. You know, where maybe he's a backstop. Yeah, oh yeah, he's a backstop. And he's gonna get most every defensive, you know, rebound out there. Uh and then Arterio Morris, who athletically is a freak, who mm-hmm. doesn't quite have a defensive mindset yet, but he'll grow into that because yeah. that's what Bill demands of every single player mm-hmm. he has defensively, we could suffocate people this year, which we all know defense travels and coach really, really likes to win and play that way. What made the 2020 team so good was defense. We were good offensively, but you had Marcus Garrett, you had Doak, you had guys that could guard Devon. I mean, this is a similar makeup, and I think we're better offensively this year than we were. I mean – when you can hang your hat on defense and you're struggling offensively, you can stay in a game. And other times it's usually one or the other. Now we, we've got, got both. I think perimeter defensively we're as good as there is in the country. Dewan and Kevin are two of the best perimeter defenders in the country. The name you didn't mention was El Marco. I think El Marco, when he learns how to play the right way as far as defensively, the way Bill wants him to play, he's got all the tools. I mean, his body – his, his athleticism, everything about El Marco, he's going to become a great defender like uh, an Arterio, El, uh, Dewan, and Kevin. So I, I, I love that. And then the last thing to talk about, while we were in Puerto Rico, and it's an embarrassment of riches because of the talented team we have preseason number one, what does Bill Self and Norm Roberts and KT and Case do? From the beach. From the beach, <laughs> they get – Johnny Furphy, and I hadn't heard much about him. I actually got it wrong when Bill first told me about Furphy. I I got on YouTube or whatever, and I typed in Furphy Australia basketball. Comes up, see a guy, and he's a good shooter. You know, I like him, athletic. I tell Bill, I go, God, I watched Furphy. He's good. I love it when left-handers shoot. He's got great, you know, and he goes, what? He looks at me like I was crazy, and I go, he goes, he's not left-handed, he's right-handed. And I go, he goes, in Australia, Furphy's like Smith. It's a common <laughs> name. And I go, okay. Well, what's the wrong, first name? Wrong guy. Wrong guy. I, I was watching a high school kid left-handed named Furphy. So then I watched the right one. And I'm like, okay, I like this guy better. Uh, but he showed up last week, and he uh, um, legit 6'8", athletic, great off of one foot, great uh, off two feet, but probably more of a one-foot jumper. If you're going to make comparisons, it's probably a Christian Brown. You know, we always do that. You and I talk about who you're going to compare him to. Okay, Christian Brown. Bill thinks he's a uh, uh, about an equal shooter to Christian Brown, but he thinks he's more athletic, and that's saying something because Christian turned into one of the uh, – not turned into it. He, be, 
he was one of our best athletes. So having him running the floor, not granted, he's 18 years old. He's new to this to a degree. It's going to be a learning curve. But when you can throw a guy like that in the mix off the bench and get that spark for three, four minutes, I mean, that's that's a big-time piece to add to an already good team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really excited uh, about him. And obviously, because he spent uh, the majority of his, his career up until this point uh, in Australia, there, there's not a lot known about him. But the comparisons that I'm hearing uh, to him is um, being compared to Josh Giddy, who's one of the, the, the top up-and-comers in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. And, and, you know, one of our fellow brothers, Nick Collison, in the front office there, yeah. does a lot of sky like he was really excited about Josh Giddy, And so the people in the Aussie basketball community are talking about um, Flurry having just as much upside, if not higher upside. Furphy. Like um, Furphy, sorry, sorry. But we did get a Flurry. We, we did get a Flurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, a five-star center, yeah. You kind of combined. Good yeah. job. Um, right around that same time. <laughs> uh, but I'm hearing that his upside is, is, is as high as, as a Josh Giddy, and yeah. he's he's already you know shown himself to be be a rising young star in in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. So last thing before we go, uh, just recently it was announced that one of our exhibition games is going to actually be a road game against a perennial top twenty five team, Illinois, in Champaign. Bill Self's first trip back to Champaign since he left in 03. Really cool deal on social media that they they did. Bill and Brad Underwood on a Zoom call talking about setting this game up. And, and most importantly, it's for uh, the, the the charitable fund that will benefit Lahaina and Kanapali in the, after the Maui wildfires. So similar to our Missouri game, however many years ago that was, four or five years ago after the hurricane that uh, benefited that, this is going to be a Maui relief game. So we will travel to Champaign. I believe it's on October 29th it's a Sunday and uh, we're going to play Illinois which would be a great test for us because last year we played Illinois in a closed practice in St. Louis and uh, now it's going to be I think it's going to be broadcast by the Big Ten Network should raise a, a ton of money hopefully several million dollars Bill talked about it yesterday at an event we were at he's like hopefully this game gets other schools to do the same thing and maybe this buoys 50 other games that all create a million to two million dollars and can send some significant money to Maui after the tragedy tragedy that happened there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, all types of feel goods around uh, this matchup, but the, you know, obviously the most important is you know the proceeds that are going to go back to to support uh, that that community and you know still a lot of questions around the Maui Classic as you and I are field yeah. those pretty regularly. Folks yeah. want to know uh, what's going to happen uh, with that event and hopefully at the very least. Um, even if it's have to, to be hosted off-site, uh, that it can generate, you know, a lot of a lot of proceeds to go back towards that community. And if I'm not mistaken, in the game, the border showdown that they did at the T-Mobile, what is about two, 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 three million dollars. It was, was over two million dollars. Yeah. yeah, and they did an amazing job. It sold out, obviously, and you know that was before the. I, I think that was kind of the the uh, lead in to re you know, getting this matchup going again, you know, and that, that was like, okay, we, we played them. And now I think we can really talk about playing them for real. Cause I think that whether people were, were hurt, you know, obviously people were upset about them leaving. And, and uh, that was the uh, 
lead into redoing that contract. So got Missouri coming to Allen Fieldhouse this year in December. So that'll be another fun opportunity to play our hated rival, the Missouri Tigers. But uh, a lot of a lot of things to get excited about. Um, you know, here we are mid-August. So, you know, September, it's about football, as it should be in October. And we'll, we'll get it rolling, and we'll talk more hoops. But we're going to do concentrate on football and, and packing the booth, understanding that, that uh, uh, Bill said it last night. He goes, hey, when it's all said and done, basketball can do their thing. We can all do our things. But football is the driver. And we saw that last year. And Lance has got so many guys back. And, again, we'll get into that more. But uh, next Friday, the Friday of Labor Day weekend, make it a priority to get to the booth, pack the booth, sold out those games early last year and how fun it was. I mean, and, again, it's fun for all of our sports. When they're recruiting – and they're bringing guys in and gals in, and you go to a 50,000-seat stadium and the tailgating, it, there's nothing better. So pack the booth. Friday, um, September 1st, Missouri State. Uh, late night, I believe, was announced for October 6th. You mentioned soccer and, and golf and track. Everything's going on. So students are back on campus. Campus is a little messy. There's construction and everywhere, but – you know what construction means? Progress. Progress, yeah. And, 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 a, and a pro tip for our faithful friend, fans that are going to be coming from the Kansas City area to, to pack the booth next week, make sure you leave a little bit early. K-10 is a mess. There's some work happening on 70. There's some work happening. And it's going to uh, be a Friday, so as you're leaving Kansas City, you're going to hit the little rush hour that we have there. So to your point, leave early. Talk to your boss. Let them all, let Get off a little bit early and get up there because – when you're on K-10, there's a bridge down. There's also still uh, the longest uh, street construction ever on 23rd Street as you pull in <laughs> off K-10. Not sure why it's taking so long, but uh, it's materials or supply chain or whatever it is. I don't want to get in trouble in the city of Lawrence, but I drive it a lot, and it's, it's we're coming up on a year. So let's get that stretch of road <laughs> completed. You you concur? I concur. Yeah, okay. All right, well, this has been uh, uh, Back at It for the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the President Hotel. Just stayed there this past weekend for Mitch Lightfoot's wedding. We had a ball. You were amazing. Wayne was the uh, uh, did the service for Mitch and Addie. We got it done. We got it done. Well, we got it done. You got it done. <laughs> I was there just to, to dance poorly and drink. But it was a, a great event, and we, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a little basketball reunion because Ochai and CB were back, and then all the all the different coaches were there, and we, we had a we had a really really fun night. Chris Tehan is the best man, and maybe well, so we took a group picture. I'll get that to Ben. Maybe we'll flash on the screen. But it was a really cool event. You were uh, you were great, and if I were to renew my vows, I think you'd be my oh, guy. Oh, man, well, thanks Should for calling call me 20, up on that. 26 years. Well, let's check with Amy first. She but might the, have some other things in mind. You and I you and I stayed at the President Hotel. Nothing but the best down there. Thank you to Philip Stranod and all the fine folks at the President Hotel. Uh, stay and play. Get down to the President. Con like That night, it was packed because it was the Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks concert. So uh, there was a buzz down there, and, and he had the Taylor Swift earlier this year. So many people choose the President Hotel, great partner of the Jayhawker Podcast. So thank you to them and to the University of Kansas Health System. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, Rock Chalk.